live from Mott's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, this is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Good evening, everybody. It is Kenny and Heilprin live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. I am Ben Kenny. That is Zach Heilprin back on scene. Hey, Zach. Hey. It's cold out. It feels like football. It's amazing. I love it. I don't know how I feel about the fact that I was freezing walking in here today. But it's literally like five steps. It, it was more than 10 steps, but fewer than 20. But it definitely gets me juiced up for football coming up on Saturday. So I we're going to get into Wisconsin, Michigan State. We're going to get into our picks for the weekend, obviously, coming up later on in the show. But the big news of today, Zach, or last night first, Logan Brown, offensive tackle, backup, former five-star recruit, one of the highest recruits Wisconsin has ever landed, enters the transfer portal. Wasn't much of a message on Twitter, and these days you got to read into those things, I guess. Apparently. And then today, it turns out, uh, when Jim Leonard spoke with the media, he was dismissed from the program. What was your first thought when all this goes down? Well, it's not a huge surprise that Logan Brown is leaving the program. He obviously did not pan out the way that many thought he would. He was given many opportunities, both at left tackle and right tackle, got beat out uh, by a redshirt freshman in, in fall camp. Then when that redshirt freshman got hurt, he gets in and he gets an opportunity again and then gets beat out again by Trey Wedig, uh, a redshirt sophomore. So guys that were behind him in uh, in grade, passing him, and uh, so he was using a jumbo tight end. But again, the reason he's gone is not because of what he did on the field. Now, maybe they have a little bit more <laughs> leeway for, for a guy uh, if he's a big-time player, and he does what Logan did, which is reportedly, according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, struck a player at practice yesterday, uh, and they had a conversation, him and Leonard and Jim Leonard and – him had a conversation. It was like, all right, you're, you're off the team. I do find it interesting that he tried to get it out there, like his story out there, like I'm, enter- I'm entering the transfer portal. This is my decision. And, <laughs> and uh, I think Paul Chris would have just let it be. Paul Chris would have just let it be. Jim Leonard is not going to let it be because it makes Wisconsin look like they're losing a bunch of guys because obviously we have Deacon Hill earlier this week. But Wisconsin's like, Jim Leonard's like, no, no. And he wasn't even asked about Logan Brown. He was just asked about the tra- transfer portal in general. And he's just like, yeah, there's a couple different ways to get into it. Deacon Hill, and then there's other ways, and he explained what happened with, with Logan Brown and dismissed, and a whole, uh, I mean, again, it's not a surprise that he's gone, but the way that it happened is a little bit, because I don't think anybody would ever accuse Logan Brown of being aggressive um, in any sense of the word, and so for him to go out that way is, is a little bit surprising. Leonard kind of seems no-nonsense, doesn't he? I, I mean, about no, I about no-nonsense, I don't feel like no-nonsense, no, I don't think no-nonsense is the word, but He's also got the communication skills to know that you have to say something in this situation. You can't just be like, oh, yeah, a former five-star tackle's leaving. And I was like, oh, Jim Leonard losing guys. No, this is Jim Leonard's decision that this guy is not welcome around the program because of what he did, and he's gone. So you think, I mean, last year there's obviously the situation with the running back room. Uh, and that ends up getting out. But you think, I mean, optics are important, and I'm sure Leonard recognizes that. You think he's handling it, uh, getting out, not out in front, but making sure people understand it, because if he hadn't had gone out and said it, then obviously many conclusions are jumped to, which I did, and we'll get into my thoughts on the portal and what's to come throughout the rest of this season. But you think he, like, he is focused on the optics of... Paul Chris won't even say why Jalen Berger got kicked off the team last year. 
we had a we asked him like four or five different ways to try and see you know what's going on. And just weeks earlier, he's talking about how there's 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 no uh, no sideshow, no sideshow going on. Yes. And clearly, there was a sideshow going on behind the scenes, and that's fine. Like when he's still in the program. But he's no longer in the program, and you just kick him off, and you don't give, like, a reason. Like, and, and Jim Leonard didn't explain what that reason was. He says there was an incident, and we decided to, to part ways. Now, again, Jim Leonard, I think, said, you know, right now we're handling it as a family, and maybe later on I'll have more to say about it. But right now this is, this is what I have. So I think there could be more to this situation um, than, than just what we've gotten to this point, and there could be more that comes out of it. But right now that you have to do that. You cannot – you can't let somebody else put your message out there for you. You have to put. You have to get out there in front of it and say, "This is what happened." So, I have many thoughts about this. Number one, I want to make this public service announcement. I don't want this situation in Logan Brown's career, which it's also been well documented. He's gone through a lot since he got to the program. A fresh start is probably what's best in terms of you know his long term football playing future, but. I don't want this situation to be an indictment on stars in the recruiting process. Ooh, too bad. That's already taken a hit. I, I know. Many have jumped out there, but I disagree with that line of thinking. When yes. He was a five-star, and uh, outliers happen when it comes to everything in life, where there are, what, 32 five-stars per year. They're the projected, in theory, first-round picks moving forward. They're the guys that have the potential to really be that good. And he didn't pan out. More often than not, the five-stars do, and the four-stars have a higher chance at panning out the higher you get up the rankings. I don't want this situation and everything that went down to be an indictment on the star process. Stars matter. Stars do matter. When Wisconsin lands another big class, when they do in the future, whenever that is, I'm going to get excited about the class. I'm going to say it means a lot because it does. And I don't want just one uh, one instance with a tackle that had a lot of struggles and went through a lot not panning out to be an indictment on that process. No, but I think it's also worthwhile remembering that it doesn't guarantee anything. Correct. Right? It doesn't guarantee anything. Uh, five- and four-star guys still have to go out there and work, still have to go out there and work hard, still have to go out there and, and put the effort in, um, or else their their talent is just going to be that. It's going to be talent. It actually amount to anything. And I think in this situation, obviously the injuries, uh, shoulder injury that, um, that Logan Brown had played a big role in his inability to, to really develop early on in his career. But I also think – you know, um, I was talking to somebody a couple weeks ago, and I kind of asked him why it just never worked out. And he said, there are some guys that if they don't make the NFL, it's the end of their life. There are some guys in this program that if they don't make the NFL, it's the only thing that matters to them. Like it's, and it's, it's like the biggest disappointment of their, of their entire life. And Logan Brown, if he doesn't make the NFL, which he's obviously not going to, it's just like the, the shrug emoji. And that's just what it is. It's it's strokes. Eh, whatever. It didn't. I, I I think that is. I think that that is to me the best way to look at Logan Brown. Can I tell you my first thought of where he'll end up? Sure. One specific school. Eastern Michigan. Michigan State. He's not in a Michigan State. I mean, Michigan State's done it before with. Yes, but Jalen Berger actually like had shown talent. You're on right. The field. Yes. And I don't, I, Mel Tucker calls himself the Portal King, and and we'll get yeah, into that's, that. Work, that has worked out magnificently this yes, year. Yes, uh, this year, uh, definitely not. We'll get into Michigan State. The other angle of all of this, because Deacon Hill, as we mentioned on Tuesday, also in the Portal. You don't have to go through the whole 
apology thing again. Uh, maybe Why'd we'll move forward. I, I, what did I, I said I wasn't going to talk about it again. Here you are bringing it up. Yeah, we're talking about it. It's Ridiculous. a talk show. So he's also in the portal, though. And my thoughts when Paul Christ got fired and as I looked forward, whether it's a Leonard, whether it's someone else's head coach of this program, I expect there to still be a good amount of players enter the portal throughout this year. Number one, we saw it happen last season, and that was even with the head coach staying, though there were some struggles, and a lot of that had to do with playing time or the running back room, a different situation there. But I, I expect as this season moves along for there to be more guys that enter because coaching turnover I, usually leads to roster turnover. And I, at least sitting back here, think it would be somewhat miraculous if Jim Leonard could keep the entire roster together going into next season. So when I first saw the Logan Brown thing, that's what I thought. It was before I knew that he was dismissed uh, to those coming at me on Twitter still for that tweet that I will not take down. I just said I don't think he'll be the last one to enter the portal. I don't. Wisconsin fired their coach this season. I think we can expect somewhat of a turnover going into next year. I hope it's not that much, but we'll see. Well, there's a new NCAA rule that guys can't – like guys have 30 days after a coach gets fired to enter the portal. So it's not going to be throughout the rest of the season. It's going to be throughout the next three weeks. Yes. Right? And then after the season, once then then there's windows, there's transfer windows after that, which I like. Yep, 45 days after the college ball playoff is announced, I believe, and then it's May 1st through May 15th. So there, it's a little bit easier, but I do I do think it's it's probably pretty challenging right now for Jim Leonard and his group as a whole because there's probably a lot of guys that are I don't want to say a lot of guys, but there are guys on the fence about whether this place is for them or not. Getting into the portal, perhaps get their name out there a little bit earlier i don't know how much value that has um anyways but well we saw last year most of the guys that left into the portal didn't end up at premier big programs Caden lyles went to florida state and unfortunately he got hurt and, and he's been out this season Devin, Devin chandler Chan. went to virginia but overall there there wasn't a lot of huge uh programs going after those guys despite them going in early well i mean yeah where did uh <laughs> where did the fullback end up um quay uh Duquesne. Duquesne, yes. Yes. Mm. I have friends I went to Duquesne. Yeah, it's great. I'm sure it's a great school for a lot of different things. Football ain't one of them. Not football. No, definitely not. Yeah. So, I I mean, so you have to be careful because he likely would have gotten playing time at the end of last year had he not transferred out. There was, with the fullback injuries that they had, like what they were down to. Um, And this year, almost no doubt about it if he was good enough. So, yeah, exactly. So, there are, you know, there are are positives to it and there are negatives to it. And I think if he had to do it, well, I shouldn't say it. I don't, I don't know him and what his situation was and if he wanted to get home or whatever, closer to home. But, yeah, I, you know, football at Duquesne and football at Wisconsin is slightly different. I have two questions when it comes to the portal thing, and we'll move on to the Michigan State game on Saturday. How much do you think Jim Leonard winning the rest of this year would mean to keep a lot of guys around? Because there is kind of a crossroads where there's a chance they could go on a run. There's also a chance struggles could continue to be had against this schedule. How much does winning play into it? And then also, whether it's Leonard or let's say the program, which I don't think they will, decides to go outside, Lance Leipold, let's use that name as an example. How much do you think that decision would weigh in? There'd be a, be a ton of guys. If, if they change coaching staffs, if they go, if they just clean house completely, because it's not like Jim Leonard's going to stick around as a defense coordinator if he's not the head coach, you know? So what he, uh, like, this whole staff would, would be likely a brand-new staff, and there would be a whole guy, whole bunch of guys that would head out in the portal. There's no doubt about that. Jim Leonard, on the other hand, 
I think there are probably guys that think they're Jim Leonard guys, and probably there's some guys there that don't think they're Jim Leonard guys or guys that Jim Leonard maybe wasn't on board with offering or isn't on board with, you know, playing going forward. I don't think that's the case on defense, but I certainly think there's probably guys on offense that are like, yeah, especially coaching-wise, because I think there's going to be some changes on, on the offensive staff too. So I think more offensively than defensively. They all, Yeah, they did not come here for Jim Leonard. Or a lot of the defensive guys, yeah, right. you could say that they did, so you would assume if Leonard's the coach, they'd stay on offense, a big wild card there. And yeah, because you think about Joe Rudolph and Paul Christ. And I talked to a, I talked to a parent of one of a, play, of a player, and they turned their kid over to Joe Rudolph and Paul Christ. Yeah. They're not here. That's what um, turnover so, does. So I, it's not to say that those, that player is going to leave or anybody else is going to leave. But they they feel that comfortable. They felt comfortable enough to do that and bring their and let because of those two people. And neither of those two people is here anymore. And so I think that probably may play into it. But I also think playing time more so than anything probably plays into whether a guy wants to leave or stay. And playing time is going to be certainly a, a topic for discussion throughout the rest of the season. And if guys not guys aren't playing now, it's possible they could go on elsewhere. Consider this in general somewhat of a public service announcement to the people of if guys enter the portal in the next three and a half weeks, not to freak out about it. Because when you fire a coach, at least to me, it's expected. I expect there to be a number. I just don't know what it's going to be. I, I'll say this. I, I think it is um, – this could make me seem very old, but I think it's ridiculous to leave in the middle of the season. I mean, finish, you finish what you started. Yeah, that's fair. Especially if you're – especially, I mean, especially if you're playing. And, and again, Logan Brown didn't really have a choice here. But guys that are playing, you committed to this. You're playing. You're not – there's really – I mean, what are you losing by sticking around? There's only one caveat to that that I would note. And this is a show – this is a three-hour show for another day. But when it comes to redshirting, let's say there's a guy that somehow has played three – four games this year. And, I, I mean, we've seen it at – I think it was SMU – a couple guys entered the portal to keep another year of eligibility. I would think that would be more legit, but every situation's different. I kind of I, I don't judge players for entering the portal. I think given everything else that goes on, I don't know. I step away from that. Yeah. That's a show for that's a three yeah, hour. I, I I have no problem with them going to the transfer portal. I have no problem going and finding a situation where you're better off, but quitting on everybody else, it's, it's not the greatest look. But it also again, the guys that I mean again, Logan Brown was not his choice. Deacon Hill, I hope he can go and find a place, but I think uh, work ethic was not necessarily always at the top of his list of things to do. So um, it kind of it kind of fits. So Graham Mertz, Miles Burkett in the quarterback room with Chase Wolf maybe returning. Real quick before we take a break and get to the Michigan State matchup, in notes from Jim Leonard's presser today, and this is your minute to go on about how much Leonard said. Yeah, so like he was only asked one injury question. It was it was about. Riley Mallman, because I asked the question, because I think we had asked, we'd asked about everybody else. I mean, everyone's gotten their their injury question in uh, of late. And Riley Mallman sounds like he's going to be a game-time decision. I don't think he's going to play this week. Um, he's He mentioned Hunter Waller and some of these other guys that have had long-term injuries. It's all going to be right around the bye week that I think either before or after is, is the next time you're going to see them. But he called he called Riley Mallman a, uh, one of those game-time decisions. I guess I'd be very surprised if he plays this week. Good press conference today, though? Jim Leonard press conferences are always good. Um, I'll be honest. I uh, I didn't even take my recording equipment to Paul Chris 
uh, press conferences <laughs> over the last, like, two years. It's just so pointless. It, it is. It's just so pointless because there was just nothing you were going to get out of it. And if you did, then you could go back and grab it. But it was, it was pointless. Jim Leonard, I had to go, I had to go dig my stuff out of uh, storage to, you know, to, to take downtown. Yeah. Because there's always – now was, he talks a lot. Um, so it's – yeah, to cut some of the stuff down and to, to use it, whether it's on air or in a story. But it's at least information you can uh, – that you learn something from. Yeah, like, well, we were at Big Ten Media Days, and we could have had a chance for six to seven minutes to talk no, with Coach Chris. No, we could have. Could have, could have asked. We would have said yeah. no. Well, but, we could have tried for it, but how much were we going to get out of that? I don't. I've think never talked. I've never talked to Paul Chris at Big Ten Media Days. Huh. Done a show there every year since. Every year, but one since 2013. Never talked to him. Yeah. Well, but I'm looking forward to talking to Jim Leonard at Big Ten Media Days next year. It is the Jim Leonard era. Next up on the docket is Michigan State on Saturday. We're going to talk about it coming up next. That is at Kyle Friend. I am Ben Kenny. We are live from Monk's Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. Happy hour. Friday, uh, Sunday to Friday, 3 to 7 o'clock. Beer deals, appetizer deals. Come on by. It's cold out. Makes me think about football. Best place to watch football is here. Television's everywhere. Game day specials throughout the weekend. When we return... Wisconsin versus Michigan State. What are we watching for? What are the storylines entering that game? Don't go anywhere. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone. All right, we're back. Kenny and Heilprin on a Thursday, a cold Thursday night, a beautiful one. I will note, Zach, the fall foliage has been quite beautiful. I don't know if you're a foliage guy or not. I, I enjoy some good scenic foliage on the way to work on beautiful 12, the Beltway. The Beltline? Yeah. I've heard it both ways. It's not the Beltway. Um, from uh, It's irrelevant. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, fall foliage, awesome. Like up in northern Wisconsin right about this time. But, I mean, it, I feel like it's already probably hit its peak up in northern Wisconsin, starting to get around to its peak here. Going down to Tennessee in a couple weeks uh, in the Smoky Mountains, and like apparently, like it's just it insane. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Badgers, Michigan State, Saturday. Wisconsin has not been to East Lansing since 2016 when they won down there. They've only played twice since 2012. Um, a couple times since that uh, hail mary game by one Mr. Kirk Cousins, leading rusher for the Spartans. You remember the name? We mentioned him. He is Jalen Berger. The team as a whole, offensively, I mean, they've been up and down. The story of their season so far, they lead off with two wins against Western Michigan and Akron. During those games, Berger rushes for uh, 227 yards total. They're slinging the ball. Jacoby Winman, the edge from UNLV, is coming off the edge. They're playing good football. And then as soon as they hit that Washington game, September 17th, four straight losses. They've gotten crushed in every game. Like I, the, the final scores are closer than those games actually were. Jalen Berger's been a non-factor. The running game as a whole has been a non-factor. Jacoby Winman, the guy I mentioned, five and a half sacks in the first two weeks, zero since then. And I, they've just completely fallen off. Part of that is injuries. Part of that is they're playing much better teams since those two cupcakes in the beginning of the season. It's an interesting matchup because uh, they're trending as far down as you can possibly trend. While we hope this could be the start of an upward trend for Wisconsin, I guess entering, what are you looking for from the Badgers? Well, is Braylon Allen going to be proven correct is the biggest question for me uh, because I feel like there is uh, 
some FU energy from, from Jalen Berger in this game, the way that he left Wisconsin. Now, again, the guy that kicked him out is no longer here. Um, so maybe that plays a little bit of a role in it. Maybe Chris McIntosh is playing chess. Right, to get to, to avoid the, the FU energy from, from Yeah, to Jalen make Berger. sure Berger wouldn't go that crazy. Yeah, so every, uh, everyone uh, believes that Jalen Berger like, can have a little bit of, you know, a little motivation going into this one. But I asked Braylon Allen, like, you know, I know you're not going against him, but what are you kind of expecting from him? And he told me straight, straight up, expecting him to get shut down. <laughs> and I, like, paused and, like, was expecting more out of that. I'm like, okay, all right, but like, Ken, what are you expecting? Because I expect what our defense usually does: shut guys down and hold them to less yards than what he's expecting to get. But uh, you know, Cannell Benton said, "Yeah, I mean, I'm. It's it's human nature for a guy to come in there and and want to prove, you know, prove something. And I'm sure he's going to have something to prove. Now, will it matter? I don't know because they have not, as you mentioned, not been able to run the ball at all. I mean, they're averaging 48 yards per game in Big Ten play. Jalen Berger after. What close to two hundred and seventy something in the first two games of the year? Yeah, has eighty one in the last four. He's averaging two point something yards a carry. So I don't even know if he's going to be able to get loose. They have been bad on both sides of the ball. Like it's been rough on both sides. Mike. So I'm looking to see if they, they stop the run. If they stop the run, I, I don't know. You know, we'll see if Michigan State is able to to move the ball through the air. Peyton Thorne has not been good, but really it's on the other side of the ball because they're secondary. I think you could say is the plane the worst of anybody in the Big Ten. Statistically, they are the worst secondary in the Big Ten or the worst pass defense in the Big Ten. It's a sieve. It is, and it's been that way a, a large portion this year. It wasn't just Michael Penix Jr. tearing it up against Washington, which or at Washington, which he did. It's been everyone since then too. Tanner Morgan did the same thing. Uh, Tagovola uh, at uh, Maryland did it, and then obviously C.J. Stroud did it. Um, but like they just they have not been very good. So I'm looking at Wisconsin's passing game. Can they take advantage of another porous pass defense like they did against Northwestern last week? And I, I think I think assuming they can keep them upright, the answer is absolutely. Yeah, Minnesota did in East Lansing what I want to see from Wisconsin tomorrow. They came out in the beginning of the game. I think Michigan State touched the ball once in the first quarter where uh, Minnesota and they did the RPO stuff all the way up and down the field. They ran the ball well. But they just crushed them up front. They held the ball for six, seven minutes at a time, finished every drive as a touchdown, and then Peyton Thorne gets the ball back, and he's shown us some as a quarterback. He still has Jaden Reed out there on the outside, but he lost Naylor from last year, who's on the Vikings now, I believe. But as soon as Thorne got the ball, he is addicted to throwing deep into somewhat tight coverage and letting his guys make a play. Like That's a lot of what their offense is at this point. And Minnesota just came up with those timely stops on those one-on-one contested balls. And didn't even give him a chance. Well, I think that might be a problem for Wisconsin because we've seen at times struggles, and uh, especially against bigger receivers, that could potentially, potentially, especially pass interference. We saw it uh, a bunch against Illinois. We've seen we, everyone's seen it against Ohio State, but you know Washington State had some success in the same in the same vein. That is a little bit of a concern, um, but again. We'll see. Alexander Smith may be back. Sounds like he will, and that gives them a little bit bigger body out there. Winning up front kind of goes without saying, and that obviously is an area I'm watching. It always is, and we'll touch on the offensive line in a second. But to me, it's a big secondary game where I, my gut feeling says that this is when John Torchio, I, I would think him first and then probably Kamoe Latu as well. This is where big-time turnovers can be found. Thorne has thrown seven picks this year, and he likes to throw it up there. 
So if they can position themselves right and make plays, it's a big opportunity. But it really feels like a game where if Wisconsin gets up and they're moving a bit on offense but not as dominant as last week against Northwestern, and the defense is doing well, but how does Michigan State suddenly get back in this game? It's doing what Thorne loves to do. It's throwing it deep. It's trying to hit on a big play. It really feels like a game where Wisconsin could get up by 7, they could get up by 10, say, in the second half, and then how do they lay that final blow? It's those big plays made by the guys in the back end. So it's, it's a big test for the secondary, or it's, it's one where their play is really important. I don't think it was last week, given the quality of Northwestern as a whole. This week I'm really looking, how do they respond? How do they move forward as a group? Probably with Smith back, which I would love to see. Can they put together back-to-back good performances all as a team? Because they just haven't done it this year. Win to open the season, loss, win, loss, loss, win. Can they put together, and it's not just winning games, it's putting together good performances. They, they were good against Illinois State, not very good against Washington State, good against New Mexico State, not very good the next two games, good against Northwestern. Can they put together a complete performance against a team that, is certainly reeling at this point and also probably has their backup against the wall a little bit because if they don't start winning some games, they're not going to a bowl game. And uh, what, what do we look up this the record of Mel Tucker since uh, he got that, that extension? He's like 4-5 and five or 3-5 and five or something like that? Sub 500. Yeah, it's there's a, I, there has to be a little bit of a concern um, in East Lansing about where that program is headed especially if they can't get this turned around. I mean, they're the one of only two un- unbeat or uh, winless teams in this conference right now, along with Rutgers. And the rest of their schedule is, oh, Michigan, Penn State. It doesn't really get easier for no. them. Uh, no, and they down, have to go to Illinois, too. Which uh, we'll see about the quarterback situation there. We'll touch on that later in our picks. So the big news surrounding this game from the Michigan State side, part of the reason their defense has struggled, two of their stars, Jacob Slade, defensive lineman, Xavier Henderson, safety, have been out for about a month now. They were both dressed for the Ohio State game last week. Neither played or neither played very much. And they're very closed with injuries there. So the people I talked to at Michigan State didn't know. People that cover there didn't know if they were going to play. But if those big-time defenders come back, uh, focus is going to be on the O-line again. You mentioned how do they stack successful performances. We've seen different O-line alignments all season. And now we don't know if Mallman's going to be back. You said you don't think so. Uh, where we stand today how number one how does the o-line look and as i said tuesday it's not something where i think oh i want that guy there another that guy a right guard i have no idea what the best alignment is because it's been so different it's just can they stack another good game together because if they do i don't see how johnson struggles on offense i mean it's been five different offensive lines in six weeks i guess we didn't ask about one guy tyler beach uh it's possible you know, he may not play again this week. And if he doesn't, then it's the same lineup as last week. And that would seem pretty – it went pretty well against Northwestern. But the thing – I mean, they just they have to get them off balance. They have to get them off balance. Got to get them on their heels just like they did last week. And so I would I would attack Michigan State the same way they attacked Northwestern. You want to run the ball, right? But you also want to get them thinking that you may be passing it on first, or, first down once or twice. And they did in the first quarter of that game, you know, five times in the first – I think uh, two drives of the game. So can they, do they attack it the same way and how do they attack it? Is it, is it the same RPO? Is it, is it the pistol? Is it, you know, is it play action? Like how do they do it? In my opinion, do it all. Do it all. You have the ability to do it all. Wildcat. Do it all. Throw. Yeah, of course. Who doesn't (laughs) love the wildcat? 
I don't know anybody that doesn't love the Wildcat. Yeah. I mean, we did see Minnesota, and they, they're an RPO offense. They just they give it to Tanner Morgan. They get in shotgun for a lot of the time, and they are bread and butter, as we saw when Scirocco was there in 2019, is that RPO over the middle. And Morgan's been good at it this year. He's when, been. It, it works a lot better when you have Mo Ibrahim in the backfield. It does, no doubt. But we saw Michigan State get absolutely shredded yeah. by an RPO-style offense. I would love to see more of the looks. I, I guess I don't know what the freedom that Bobby Ingram has experienced and him being on the sideline and what's different. All I can say is on the field, as we talked about on Tuesday, last Saturday we saw a very effective offense that looked different uh, formation-wise and schematically than it had for the first four weeks of the season. So, yeah, I hope that continues. I, I don't even need to see more in-depth things. I just need to see more of that ver- variety in the like offense. The vers- versatility. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and the Wildcat, I don't need to see it. but You're if, going to. If they do, again. You know, it's not even if they do. You're going to see it. I don't like it. And when it comes back to hurt them, I will say I told you so. But if it works, I am. I will be so happy to be wrong. Didn't you say earlier this week that you think like he's going to have like a, a game changing like fumble or something like that on on one of those exchanges? I'm saying I'm scared that he might. Okay. And I hope I hope well, I'm wrong. Well, now, I hope he does not. Well, now Ches Malusi obviously not there. So who who is the guy? <laughs> Ches Malusi was barely back there. They had uh, Jackson Acker next to him. No, he was back there a bunch. But a lot of the time who, they had Acker. Who caught the, who caught the touchdown pass last week? Well, I don't know if he was lined up next to Allen there. Yes. My memory is a lot of Acker, and then it's like, oh, he's back there. I wonder what's going to happen. He's not going to hand it off to him. They did the same thing uh, with Tanner McAvoy in 2014. They had him back there with Derek Watt, and like, what the hell do you think they're going to do here? Yeah. You think he's handing it to Derek Watt? He's not handing it to Derek Watt. You're not doing a zone because, read with the running back it was with like, another fullback next yeah, to him. Yeah, like Melvin Gordon is on the sideline. Corey Clements hurt. Dario Gumbuales just came over from the defensive back. Like, Derek Watt's out there. What do you, what do you think is going to happen here? Yeah. You're, not, you're not doing anything but running with the quarterback. We shall see. Michigan State linebacker. I, listen to this. Do you remember his name from last year, uh, if you followed them at all? No. Cal Halliday, the most prototypical inside linebacker name I've ever heard. Mm. He's, he's all right there, but we'll see what Allen can do to him in, in the Wildcat and if there's any variation out of it. One area of this game that I am petrified uh, to watch, and I really hope it does not come back to be important at all. Like, I don't want to see this portion of the game matter when we get into the fourth quarter. The kicking game. Uh, you don't believe in Nate Van Zelst? I don't believe in that the was, I, think the, I think the wind got that one. That, 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 was a, that was a heavy wind kick there. I, I don't believe in the team's kicking game. Any part of it? Just the kicking game as a whole. Kicking field goals, kicking extra points. Uh, they've made the extra points. But throughout the season, they have struggled to make field goals, and I'm petrified for when it matters at the end of a game. Well, I guess we'll see. Hopefully, as you said, if you're a Wisconsin fan, you don't have to worry about it. It's a blowout, and you don't have to worry about it. One other thing that I am excited to watch and I think is important, Zach, one of Michigan State's best players, and this makes me happy as a fan of this conference, is their punter. His name is Bryce Beringer. He has an absolute hoss of a leg. And Wisconsin's punt return game has been, you know, not terrific. It hasn't been a disaster necessarily. But that's another portion where if they really, if they play their best game on both sides, special teams are not going to cost you a football game. But it's on the road. It's in East Lansing. You haven't been there in a while. It's homecoming. There isn't that much energy there, but it is homecoming. 
I, I just want them to play well enough on offense and on defense to make special teams not matter. I think that's usually the goal for both of the football teams that call Wisconsin home. Like, just <laughs> hope to God that it doesn't, it's not a close yeah. game and uh, special teams won't decide it because, uh, for the most part, they haven't been great. Are you a fan of East Lansing? I've never been. Never been. Really? So, so I have not been to two. Well, you just you laid out how many times they have not played there, right? Well, I wondered if you were covering the team in 2016. And in 2016, I was not traveling. I see. Uh, we had a very successful sports director before me that, was that uh, I believe, covered that game. Um, so, yeah, I, did, I wasn't traveling in 2016, so I didn't get to go to that one. And, obviously, they didn't go there in 13 or 14 or 15. Um, so, yeah, I, this is my first time there. The only, the only two places I have not been in the Big Ten are Michigan and Michigan State. You've never been to Michigan either, or so to cover. I've never been. I've never gone. I've, yeah, well, I've never been there as a fan, but I've never been there to cover either. Because in the, the three times that they played there, 2016, as I already mentioned, uh, award-winning sports director, uh, and then 2018, the Brewers had to cover Brewers stuff instead. Ah. Much, it was a blowout. Didn't really matter. In 2020, COVID took it took it from us. So, um, yeah, I mean that that is uh, why I have not been to Michigan. So I don't even know I'm going to get that opportunity, but. I definitely wanted to go to East Lansing this year because it's, it's going to tick off 13 of 14. Number 14 is? Michigan. Oh, just, uh, I, I expected it to be almost one of the East Coast schools. Been to Rutgers a couple times. Been to Maryland once. Um, yeah, that's been to Penn State once. Been to Nebraska a bunch. So, like, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, no. It's the only place. Looking forward to checking it off. And we got USC and UCLA joining before you know it. And then well, I've been to I've been to the Rose Bowl. I've not been to the Coliseum. Then it'll be Cali Zach. All right, that is Zach Heilprin. I am Ben Kenny. We are live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. Happy hour going on now. Beer deals, appetizer deals, uh, terrific burgers, terrific everything. Really, game day specials as well. Jello shots for touchdowns. After what we saw against Northwestern, I figure there will be more of those than maybe there. <laughs> Have been in the past, like gonna, the Illinois game. I was gonna say, do you think they're making some more, like just in case, like they, <laughs> they or they, do you think they have leftovers from like the Illinois game or um, the Washington State game? Right, uh, from the Illinois game especially. Uh, but game day specials, come on by Monk's Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie. When we return, we'll keep talking about the rest of this season for the Badgers and our picks for the weekend. The Badgers are seven point favorites, maybe seven and a half in some places. A really interesting slate of college football, both nationally and here in the beautiful Big Ten West. We will touch on that when we return. Don't go anywhere. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back. It's Kenny and Heilprin, live from Monks and Sun Prairie. Visit here, come here during the weekend. It's fall, it's football. It's the place to be to watch it. Special's going on. The burgers are terrific. Everything's terrific. Uh, I've heard uh, the cheese curds are are great. We yeah. usually get the nachos when yeah. we come. Yeah. So, it's a big weekend of football. I have to give an update to our picks, as I did on Tuesday. I'm going to say it again. Through six weeks, I stand in second place. I am 13-21. and 21. I went 2-3 and three last week, a, a valiant effort, taking Northwestern. Honestly, I took Northwestern because I knew they would lose because I keep losing picks. You did as well. So I think we worked together to bring Wisconsin a big win. Yeah. Are you sure? 100%. Because I didn't take him I, in, online in my piece. I didn't take Northwestern. I took Wisconsin. You always do different things than you do on the camp and online. It's always different. Interesting. I One, didn't know that. 
I'll go back and check the tapes if you want. I've, I kind of feel like I may need to go back and check things. We can put that under review. No, I no, I, I, I'm pretty positive. sure. I, I'm pretty sure I picked Northwestern. Okay, I don't know well, why. That was stupid. I'm 13 and 21. Zach, you are 14 and 20. You were one and four last week. You are now one and nine in your last ten. Do you have anything to say before we go through another winning week? <laughs> all I can all I can say is going one and nine the last two weeks. It's impressive. And yet you're still behind me. I know. I know. It's been that, rough. That that, that 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 speaks a lot to where we're, we're both at. Right. <laughs> all right. Well. I say we both go 0-5 this week and really show the people uh, what impressive stuff is. We'll get to the Wisconsin game. They're at Michigan State. They're seven-point favorites. Did it open as a two-point dog? I saw an article written when the no. line dropped. The first, the first one I saw was on Sunday when I was at camp, and it was four and a half. Okay, so wrong there. They, this was the game I circled where Wisconsin has not been an underdog in a game against a team not named Ohio State since the 2018 pinstripe bowl nearly uh nearly four years ago i thought this game would be it at the start of the year michigan state's fallen off this game is not it i don't know what it will be we'll look forward after this one going to be one there's a good chance there's not which is so classic like unless like graham mertz gets hurt and you're having to start miles burkett yeah then maybe you could see like the game against minnesota or you know we'll see where nebraska's at it at that point what if iowa changes a quarterback then they're going to be even worse. I mean, uh, look, how bad, how bad is what's uh, number eight? Uh, what's his name? Petrus Padilla? No, no, Padilla. Alex, Alex Padilla. Padilla. Yeah. Oof. That he can't get on the field right now. Did you see Brian Ferentz's press conference? Yes. They asked him, Brian Ferentz, the OC of Iowa, also happens to be Kirk Ferentz's son. No connection there. They asked him, have you considered making a change? Uh, what would the downside of a change at quarterback been? given how god-awful they are right now. And he said, what would the upside be? Yeah. Which is an all-time spin. All I'm right. going to use that. Somebody else has used it. Uh, I feel like, uh, yeah, I'm almost positive somebody else has, has broken that out before. Um, I just can't remember who it is. That's a great note. It was a, it was a really funny – it's not funny because, like, I kind of feel bad about how horrible Absolutely they not. are. Absolutely not. It was fu- the press conference was a riot. Some of the things uh, they asked him about his job security. He said, "Oh, I'm going to defer to Kirk on that one." It's like, dude, it's your dad. You're not getting fired, yep. or he better. He uh, should if Kirk wants to succeed. All right, I, that's your Iowa talk for the day. They are uh, Wisconsin will visit there. I said actually on Twitter earlier this week. It's becoming a, a Christmas Day type of situation for me. I'm not going to be able to sleep before that game. I cannot wait to watch Wisconsin play in that environment and against that offense because I've watched it from afar. i got to see it up close. All right, this weekend, though, a lot of big matchups, a lot of big matchups in the Big Ten. We start, again, five picks in addition to – or four picks in addition to the Wisconsin game, five total. Michigan, seven-point favorites at home against Penn State in the game where the winner – will think they can beat Ohio State and still lose Super Bowl of the year. I think it's a big test for, for J.J. McCarthy. I think this is, like, the first big game that he's been in, right, like that he's actually started in. He played against Ohio State last year, but, like, it, that was Cade McNamara's team. So I feel like this is a, a his first true, true, huge, huge. against Michigan State last season as, as well. A, that's, I meant as, that's what I, I literally said as a starter. No, I agree. Okay. I agree. He's been in the big moments. It hasn't gone well for him. As like, as a starter, point. like, this is his team. This is, like, this is his thing. So, I think it's a huge, huge challenge. Yeah, and he hasn't been that spectacular this season so far. 
I mean, Michigan's had wins with them under center. The Maryland game that I was at was close, but Maryland looks like a pretty good team. And the Indiana game this weekend was tied 10-10 in the third quarter. Weird. I Mike Hall, their running backs coach, has a seizure on the sideline. Mike Hart, excuse me. I don't know where Mike Hall comes from. Big Ten um, Network. Pro- yes. probably uh, It was probably tough to play in that scenario, but th- they eventually win. Point is, Michigan, not as spectacular, at least against the not great teams they played as I thought they would be, uh, Big Ten-wise. Seven-point favorites, it's a, it's a strength versus strength game for me where Michigan's offensive line and running game, where if they go off, they will win uh, running the football against P.J. Mustafer, a guy we saw last year in Madison, uh, nose tackle, and that Nittany Lion defensive line. I don't know. It's Seven points is a lot. I think Penn State's good when Clifford's healthy, which isn't that often. But when he is, I, I think they're good. I like Michigan, though. I'm on Michigan. Their defenders are starting to excel in, in lieu of Ojabo and Hutchinson there. I'll take them minus seven, but very. They almost killed the Indiana quarterback last week. Basilak? They almost killed him. Yeah. That, uh, that, that pass rush almost killed him. Um, they've been getting after it. I know they, I know they don't have like an Aiden Hutchinson or an Ajigbo, but they've got after it. Well, they, they got this one former five-star from Alabama who had left that program for various reasons. And it's taken him a couple games, but apparently he's playing like a five-star now, and he's legit. So what I'm saying is, like, I think like they're not the same defense they were last year, but I think they're going to provide a, a pretty stiff test. Nick Singleton's an, a beast, man. Like, he would look really good if you're a Wisconsin fan in a Badger uniform right now. Yeah. Um, a guy that they missed out on. Um, uh, you're going Michigan? I'm taking Michigan minus seven. I'm going to take Michigan as well. I like Penn State. I really do. And I like Clifford when he's healthy, but... Penn State will go as far as Sean Clifford will take them, and I don't know if Sean Clifford is good enough to win this game. I think that's as simple as it is uh, to me. Next one, a big one for the Badgers. Minnesota is six-and-a-half-point favorites at Illinois this weekend. Minnesota is one-and-one in conference play. The Badgers are one-and-two. Illinois is two-and-one. They would have to lose twice for Wisconsin to win the West. This is a game, sounds bad, but Badger fans should root for the Gophers here because that would give them a much better shot at winning the West because Wisconsin still sees Minnesota at home to end the season. They still have that chance to beat them there. Illinois' defense is legitimately really good. Like, they've proven me wrong as time has gone on. But Art Sitkowski, a quarterback, like Brett Bielema said this week, that maybe DeVito plays didn't seem real to me. It'll be Art Sitkowski, and he is uh, atrocious, I guess, fair to say, under center. Minnesota is... They've fallen with the loss to Purdue. They haven't looked as dominant as they did to start the year, but I think they take care of business. I'm taking them. I think they've looked dominant when Mo Ibrahim's been in the lineup. Was True. not in lineup against Purdue. He will be in lineup on Saturday. Tommy DeVito will not. Brett Bielma trying to pull a John Stocko of 2006. For anybody that doesn't know that reference, John Stocko was injured going into or was injured the week before the Iowa game. And didn't practice all week, but Brett Bielma said that he he threw the ball, he threw the last pass of practice on, on Thursday or Friday or whatever day it was. Tyler Donovan came out and, and played that game, and Wisconsin won. And I don't know if they would have won if John Stockwell had played because they need Tyler Donovan to run all over the place. But uh, Bielma then later said, I didn't tell you guys that he threw it left-handed, which I don't even know if he threw it left-handed. Probably didn't. Uh, John Stockwell did not practice that week at all. So uh, either way, I, he may be trying to do the same thing with Tommy DeVito. If Tommy DeVito is not playing, Illinois ain't win this game. Art Sikowski may be the worst quarterback in the Big Ten, 
uh, and that's saying something. He's been horrible. He was disastrous last week. I would say we need a Sitkowski versus Petrus showdown, but we saw it already. We saw it, it and it was horrible. <laughs> and I don't like in that matchup. Petrus may not have been the worst quarterback. Like Art Artur, I believe is his full name. I know yes. you like to call him Art, but like Artur Sitkowski, he deserves to have the Tur. There's on, no cause H because that's how bad he is. Yeah, it's not Arthur Sikowski. It's Arthur Sikowski. Um, I'm taking Minnesota. If if Tommy DeVito, Player of the Year in the conference, uh, based on what we saw from Arthur Sikowski, you're taking Minnesota. All right. Um, so a big one also in Tennessee. Alabama visits Tennessee. Let's hit this quick before we get to the Badgers eventually. Question here is: Is Bryce Young going to play? I think the line tells you he's a true game-time decision because if he wasn't playing, it could be, I, I don't know, close to double digits there in Tennessee mm. or uh, uh, close to even, I guess, I, I mean. But with Bryce Young playing, it could be higher. I'm going to take Tennessee plus seven. I know that they haven't beaten Bama in literally forever. But Hendon Hooker's balling. They look legit. And this is one of those games where, like, Tennessee fans haven't felt this in a while. And it's one of those energy games where Bama fans aren't riding that high. The team hasn't been terrific. I like Tennessee plus seven. All right, I'm going to take Alabama. I think Bryce Young does play. And even if he doesn't, I think uh, Alabama's defense is going to be a, enough to carry him. And, and obviously quarterback has, a little, has, some, has some ability to run around. Uh, last week was, was tough against Texas A&M. But um, I certainly think uh, – I think Alabama's going to cover that. I think Bryce Young plays. All right, real quick. TCU is four-point favorites at home against Oklahoma State. I think TCU's legit. Uh, that dude on the outside that toasted Kansas, I forget his name, but he went crazy. Uh, I really like TCU after watching them last weekend. I'm going to take them here. I don't know why I don't like Oklahoma State this season. I just don't think I do. TCU could win the Big 12. They could. I'm all over them. I'll take a minus four. I will take TCU as well. All right, so uh, we have one difference here with the Bama game. And then the Badgers are at Michigan State. Let's do this. We'll have a couple minutes coming back at the end of the show. Let's pick the game then. That is Zach Heilprin. I am Ben Kenny. We're going to close it out. When we return, it's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back. It's Kenny and Heilprin, live from Monks and Sun Prairie. The Badgers, 3-3, three and three, a chance to get back over 500 this weekend. A chance to maybe gain ground in the Big Ten West if other things fall into place as well. I've said the X factor for me, aside from the battle up front, is in the secondary. It's the secondary for the Badgers against Michigan State when they inevitably try to chuck it. It's also Wisconsin's passing attack against the secondary of the Spartans. Here's my thing, Zach. I think Wisconsin wins, and I think they win comfortably. However, last week, I said Northwestern would cover, and I have been known to miss every single pick I make. Therefore, this weekend, I am taking Michigan State plus seven. Ooh, that's a little bit of a curveball for me, because I was just going to sit here and say, hey, I completely agree with you. I think Wisconsin is going to win comfortably, <laughs> uh, and so I'm going to take Wisconsin. I, um, yeah, I... Gosh, that kind of threw me for a loop. So I disagree. Like, I think Wisconsin has found something. I think Michigan State is an absolute disaster right now in terms of uh, and offensively and defensively. Maybe they get some players back, that, and maybe it looks a little bit better on, on defense. But 
Yeah, look out for Jacob Slade. If he's in there, he's a stud. Right. So, okay, that's fine. But uh, the way Wisconsin played last week with the energy they played with, apparently practice was rather juiced up this week. Uh, that may have led to <laughs> to a player getting kicked off the team. Uh, but I'm going to take Wisconsin. No, I, I think Wisconsin. I mean, I, jumped, I actually jumped Wisconsin at four and a half. So, Ooh. yeah. So, so I only have to cover four and a half. Here's my thing. I, I want to make this clear. I think Wisconsin wins comfortably. And I think they cover, but I'm picking Michigan State because I miss every pick. reverse jinx. Exactly. So you, so you care more about Wisconsin winning than you do about winning this between 100%. us. 100%. Okay. I'm 13 right. and 21. All I care about is winning this. I see. Like well, I, could, I couldn't care less if Wisconsin wins. You have not. fallen off an absolute cliff in the last two weeks, and now yeah, you've you better me, hope You better hope I don't get hot. You let me back into it. You better hope I don't get hot. That's some danger. All right. Appreciate everyone hanging around. That is Zach Heilprin. I am Ben Kenny. Podcast up uh, tomorrow morning, likely. Check out the other podcasts of other shows as well. Badgers this weekend. Go out, get a win. We'll talk about it with you coming up on Tuesday. Appreciate everyone hanging around. See ya. Kenny and Heilprin. Thursdays from 6 to 7 and on demand at madcitysportszone.com.